0: All right, so here we are, episode three of On That Note. I am here with Joe Ali, who is a guitar player in a couple of different bands here in Tempe. Um, he's in Cooper's Revenge, um, and he's also in a new project coming out. Uh, when is your first show for that? Uh, next Friday, Next the 25th. Friday, May 25th, he'll be playing with Brother Teresa, which is a new, new project that he has started. We're gonna dive into some of his music today. And the song that I would like to start with is—is is it boodling? Boodling. Boodling. Yeah. What? What is that? So it's a few things. Okay. Uh, at first,
1: I thought it was the like notification sound on the iPhone. Okay. Boodling. Okay. You know,
2: <laughs> uh, or boodling
1: <laughs> uh, or like the okay. guitar part that it is. Got it. So of, it's you know, some onomat- sort of.
0: onomatopoeia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, So that's where I'd like to start that intro. Um, Let me just pull it up really quick so we can listen to it and then um, we'll talk about how you wrote it. That part, I mean, it's, it's an amazing part, um, and so when you sat down to write it, where where did it come from, and, and how did you go about coming up with it? I think I just knew I wanted some kind of like arpeggio mm-hmm. part with the open strings,
1: and I wanted to like incorporate the open strings as much as I could, and I think we were talking about that at school at the time, uh, and like instead of thinking of the open strings as like chord tones, trying to think of them as like extensions. Okay. So, like the first chord is at least C major seven, so I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then I just love this E minor chord with the. With that uh, F sharp in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so you get that like minor second.
2: The
1: G, yeah. I don't think I go to the B, but then I. So then you do D flat, so I was thinking of that as like a flat two okay. dominant chord. Like so you've got. Tritone sub kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Were you thinking of that yes. consciously? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I had learned a jazz standard at the time, and I really liked that sound. Okay. I think it's like usually a major seven chord, flat two, but I think the way that this is, it's a you've got well, I guess you get the sharp eleven and then the thirteen. Yeah, if no, we are going back to G. Or no, not the thirteen. It's just the flat seven. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, so I think I started with that C chord part. Mm-hmm. So I think in, after initially writing that first part, I knew I didn't want to just loop that progression, I wanted to kind of change it up, so then I just came up with the, the second part. So it starts the same, but then it goes to like e, A minor 9,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then there's like F major 7 9, yeah, and then I go back to the first part. I knew I wanted like a turn around to get us into the chorus. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Is that So, I think cuz I have to oh, I'll play it wrong. So that, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear that you were thinking Triton sub because I didn't know if that um, for the audience, Joe is a uh, jazz performance, guitar performance, jazz composition, <laughs> uh, major at ASU. So he has a very academic background along with being in um, more rock-based bands as well. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's cool to see that you guys, or you were thinking of it as that root movement down a half step. After initially writing the like or knowing that I wanted the arpeggiation part, mm-hmm. I
1: definitely approached it harm- harmonically okay. and like wanted to come up with some kind of interesting harmony and then figured out how to
0: kind of incorporate that into the texture. Got it. Okay, cool. And then I mean, how did did did, did this chord come from that style of thinking as well? Because what is that? That's like a It's like f- flat six. Yeah. Because I guess I was originally it's
1: in like C major, I guess. Yeah. The intro. Yeah. But then the chorus is like all parallel chords,
0: so it's like not really in a key, I don't think. Yeah, not quite. I mean I'm hearing it resolve to that E pretty definitively, it, but yeah. It sounds like E major to yeah. me as well. So you're going um, for like a C major intro,
1: so is this kind of the It's still like the first chord of the chorus is still C major seven. So I think it that that is my leading chord into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I and again, I just love the like seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, we were learning a lot of Thelonious monk songs. Okay, uh-huh. so makes sense. he likes to play with the second, seconds.
0: Yeah, all those really crunchy spike notes. Sounds. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, so you then you jump into that that verse part where we're looking at um, all these like major seven voicings, mm-hmm. where we're going C major seven, F major seven, E major seven. Yeah, that's it. That's the whole chorus. Yeah. So I'm curious because those are some really dense chord voicings. Yeah. Um, so. And the song is very distorted, mm-hmm. so what made you think, you know what, I really want distortion on these, you know, like, four-note chords that are moving parallel? I don't
1: know, it's just, like, the chord itself is already pretty heavy and dense, like you said, mm-hmm. and I think just the distortion just
0: adds to it. it makes it extra heavy. Cool. Because, like, normally when I approach things like that, I'm always like, the distortion's going to, like, you're not going to be able to hear the harmonic, but it, it really, I mean, you can feel it, I don't know if you can hear it so much, as you can definitely feel the, the I was going to say girth, but that's like a gross word, but you can feel how large the sound is. Yeah. Um, and then it's going, you know, that way. And so that was just thinking parallel and harmony. Yeah. Or was, was the melody leading there, or was the harmony leading there, you guys? So I wrote that part first, mm-hmm. the chorus, before the intro. Yeah, okay. Um, so I
1: had that idea for the melody. Uh, I was actually kind of worried that it wasn't a strong melody because it's so reliant on the chords. Mm-hmm. So like I tried to sing it without the guitar part, and it was kind of hard to hear that melody, you know. So I think it really is dependent on the harmonic structure. So yeah, I, th- I think the chords came first, okay. And I think just naturally my ear gravitated towards that top note, yeah, that seven, and I kind of just went with it.
0: So and the melody you're singing over it is just that, just all the major sevens of those chords, yeah. Um, and then I believe is there a, a harmony a fifth lower? Yeah, the harmony is a fifth, okay. Um, so it's like, mm-hmm. so that's the verse part. And then the turnaround of the melody is like the, yeah, mm-hmm. goes down to the third of, yeah. of E. And then was that just, that just came from like, this is the last rotation of the verse. So we want to take it somewhere different. Was mm-hmm. that the idea? Yeah. I've heard that formula. You like
1: repeat something three times and then change it. Okay. Um, and I think. I was discuss- talking about it to somebody at that time, like they thought that the lower notes were like a melodic relief okay. or release, I should say. Uh, so I think I was wanting to experiment with that because I feel the opposite. I feel like you go to a high note to like release something. Mm-hmm. Um, but right there it just sounded more fitting to kind of go down with let it resolve. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, Especially since the major
0: seven is like such so an intense, intense kind spell, of melody. Yeah. Kind of brings it home, back into back into the thirds to feel more stable. Mm-hmm. Got it. Then it goes into kind of a variation of that opening riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the thing that's interesting about this one that I thought I didn't, I didn't hear, it, I heard it, but I didn't notice it. The is it some sort of synth piano? It's a Rhodes. It's a Rhodes. Okay. Run through a fuzz pedal. <laughs> Cause you got that melody where it's going like, is that what it is? Yeah, I forgot it honestly. I forgot okay. that we did that. Where did that come? Like, was that just you guys were messing around like while recording and like we need something additional here? Eamon Ford had was borrowing a Rhodes
1: from a friend of his mm-hmm. and it was just staring at me. <laughs> I just wanted to play it so bad,
0: so we did. So you just did. added it. Cool. Um, and then why cha- Like, why did you change that? I mean, it's the, it's the same kind of harmonic foundation as the intro, but there's a couple of riffs that are different. That's the one where you're doing... Oh, and the verses? Kind of yeah. Um, just for a variation, or was there any sort of specific reason that you wanted to switch the intro part, or change it enough to, to feel different? Yeah, just, yeah, that's pretty much it, just right. to make
1: it not get stale, even though the intro part is really cool and I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just wanted a different like rhythmic feel. So for the recording, I, again, I forgot kind of like how we play or how I play those verses differently. Mm-hmm. I kind of do it live differently every time to kind of keep it fresh for myself. Um, but the first, second verse is pretty much the same, it's always like, it's always, a what was that? uh...
0: What was that last chord?
1: So I just did that second inversion chord again, oh, over okay. D flat. Yeah, yeah, again, I don't even usually do that live, that just happened now. All right. But then it's like the drums. It was more focused on the drums. Yeah. And then I kind of go back to the yeah. Then I kinda like, yeah, I'll go back to the intro. And then the third verse, I was like wanting it to be really quiet as uh as to make the last chorus even heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that was kind of my chance to give the bass player and the drummer space to do something, Okay. and to see what they could do with that chord progression mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, yeah. instead of playing the same thing every time. Got it. Because the chorus is pretty much is the same every time, so why does the verse have to be the same?
0: Yeah, that makes sense, so keep one thing stable while moving the other around. Mm-hmm. Then that, I did want to ask specifically about that part, because that's... So I do the open G string again there.
1: Oh you do, oh, okay. Kind of like crescendo,
2: it's like palm muted until the open string. Uh, okay.
0: Because I know, love that part love too, the hits. Cool. Okay, so to go back in time even further to, mm-hmm. uh, I think this on Bandcamp, it says released November 2015. Yeah. The song Hack by the band Snoring Chorus that you used to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that intro, I know you said you didn't write it, um, but it's got that crazy kind of, um, it's like that dominant, F sharp dominant thing into that. Yeah, I forget how I was. I was it was like the. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So somebody uh, he brought that to you, kind of like yeah. this is an intro I have. Mm-hmm. Where do you when you hear something like that, where it's unconventional and very dissonant where where does your mind like go like what do I what should I bring to this and then What did you do?
1: Yeah, I think since it's the intro I knew that I wanted to kind of like lay out and like let Alex kind of have that spot Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in general whenever I am and whenever I encounter something like that uh, Even though I have like all this theory knowledge in my head uh, in a time like that I try to forget it Mm -hmm. and like just go back to like what sounds good um cause the Alex would do that a lot where it's like he would bring something to the table that's like really interesting <clears throat> um but also yeah like dissonant and may not have made sense mm-hmm. but like it just sounded really cool yeah so yeah just try to elevate that instead of being like no that's not right mm-hmm. uh doesn't make sense theoretically
0: but yeah. it doesn't always have to yeah um and then, that, then after that intro, the bass part kind of kicks in with that, I can't quite hear the order of it, but it's the, it's like two on the, uh, and I'm on. doing like, uh, but yeah, uh, what was it that, that chord then? Is, is that an F short minor
1: seven? Okay. Towards the end of the band, I started doing my seven sharp 9. But I think, I think I just work, either worked. I think the reason I did minor 7, because I was like, oh, since he's playing a major 3rd down here, mm-hmm. I was like, if I just play a minor 3rd, it'll still sound like sharp 9.
0: Yeah.
1: But then right. I ended up just playing it anyways. But on the recording, it's minor 7. Okay.
0: And that's my TJ Friga... Homage. Ah, uh, yes, that's what you're saying. You're you're uh, coming the the Playboy. I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that kind of vibe. Um, and then it goes up to because I was tracking that almost as like, I mean, I I was really hearing that A in the F sharp minor seven. I was really hearing like the A major triad for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then what chord you go to next? Because my ear was hearing it as B for the lead part. because oh. it goes. Oh to, yeah, so it goes okay? like.
1: Like a B. I like think I'm just doing, yeah, parallel major chords. Okay.
0: And then it goes into the chorus. Um, yeah. Oh, you're doing it there. I was doing it. Just because it's like the same shape, so yeah that
1: major 7 chord. Correctly, I think it's just pretty diatonic. The first one is like F sharp minor yeah. to D major, but I think you reverse direction on it. Yeah, yeah. And even though I, I think everybody else was, or Alex was playing a major seven chord, so okay, so he got that major seven sound from his voicing. Got even it. though I was kind of like letting that note ring out.
0: What's hat, so then you're switching to what?
1: Yeah. So it's like, let me think. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
0: And now yeah, yeah, just made you try it. So it's kind of uh you go with that like e bass does move up from D to E there. Yeah. Okay. So the chord progression then would be F minor, D major. D major to E major nine. And then it, goes, it
1: does the thing in like the verse, the
0: B yeah. down to F sharp again. That's when it kind of, with the drum hits where it's like Doo. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, what did, so which part of, did you, you wrote this part? Yeah. In that band I was like the lead. Did
1: Okay. Got it. And I I don't even want to say lead player because me and Alex definitely like traded off. But in that song, I definitely took more of a lead role Mm -hmm. because that was primarily Alex's composition. So he was singing it. So I think, at least for me personally, I find that if I write a song, it's easier for me to kind of play the rhythm guitar. Mm -hmm. Makes it a little bit easier to focus on the singing.
0: So I think that's what he was doing. Okay. So yeah, that gave me room to be the lead player. Got it. And the first two pretty conventional, like straightforward. I see where you come from with it. Why go? There. Again, I just love the seconds. Okay. The so crash. Looking for that that, sh- that yeah. nine vibe. And then with the distortion, it just makes it, like, you yeah. hear the wobble
1: that much more. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. Cool.
0: Uh, then it goes back into the verse. It's another chorus. Then you get that, like, outro bridge section, which mm. you said was kind of a transition. Yeah. Uh, now, the chords there are very strange, because you're kind of going, like, C-sharp minor, C7. Interesting G because yeah. you hit that because I'm really tracking it as like minor dominant, major, minor. yeah, like because you hit that major third and immediately drop it to a minor. That kind of vibe again. That is Alex's part, okay? Like, so that's that was, what he plays, yeah. That was just yeah, and then it goes to all I'm hearing is that tritone there, just E, is it just that or something? Okay, I, yeah, oh, okay. And so when you hear that, because obviously, I mean, similar to the intro where it's just kind of this collection of cool dissonance, mm-hmm. where are you coming from? Like, what are you, because that's, that's, I mean, that's just challenging, like, hey, here's these chords. Yeah, it was pretty challenging uh, for a lot of Alex's
1: songs. Uh not that there's anything wrong with it, but I definitely think his experience with like theory and like harmonic structures is definitely not as vast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what makes his part so interesting because he, yeah. he is solely relying on the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even though as the lead player in that song, I tried to stay out of his way because that's such an interesting part. Mm-hmm. So I just played like something just real simple, just like kind of swells. And even when I played that G chord, I just played G major. Yeah, yeah, and that's what And
0: then, I'm just the I'm not, and then I just play the tritone there. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then it drops into uh, a triplet feel there with that bass part, because the bass part becomes like...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, where did that... Why did that come about? Like, why was that... I think the the way we wrote songs was like during practice.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think we were probably just working on that part and then everybody just kind of clicked together and was like, hey, you know what would be really cool here? And then just we just went to do, 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 gackle, do, 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 do do do, gackle, do, 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 So yeah, I think it just happened pretty naturally. Ooh. I don't think anybody said, hey, let's, let's do this. Purple. I think we it happened and then we were like, yeah, let's keep that. Got it,
0: awesome. So then to wrap up, I got two questions for you. Uh, the first one is kind of the the one I ask everybody because again it's it's something my students always are asking me, and I'm always curious about other people's answers. But how how do you how do you use music theory in a creative way? Essentially, like how do, how does it impact your writing?
2: Hmm.
1: I guess I haven't really thought about it. It just kind of happened over time. Like mm-hmm. the more I learned, it kind of just influenced my own playing, and I think that's the part of it. The main part of it though is like. You spend all this time practicing these techniques and these like theory, ideas, and whatever else. You practice it just so you can forget it mm-hmm. and just so it can eventually become ingrained in your playing and come out naturally. Um, but even like going back to bootling, I think that really helped me come up with more ideas than I probably would have mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, I probably would have just repeated that first line a few times. Probably wouldn't even have come up with that honestly yeah. if I didn't know how to, manipulate my open strings like I wanted to Mm
2: -hmm.
1: without learning all that stuff before. Um, Yeah, it just gives me way more options instead of being stuck to like playing the root notes or something like that. At least now I understand what a third and a fifth is Mm -hmm. and now I can choose to use one of those instead of like having it be a happy accident, which is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can just jump right to it a lot quicker too instead of taking
0: minutes or days to kind of like work something out. It's just happens a lot quicker. Got it. And then the other question, similar question, um, but I think you're the first person, I mean, TJ, I know has had some, you know, academic music experience, but you're a music major. So how do you balance that academic side of your brain and all of the jazz playing that you're doing with, not necessarily balanced, but how do those that that part? How does that side of you interact with the side of you that is in more like, I mean, punk, lo-fi, garage rock bands? Um. Well, I think at first I tried to fight it. Mm-hmm.
1: I tried to like leave the jazz stuff at school, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I wanted to keep playing in rock bands, so I could kind of have something outside of school that was refreshing and mm-hmm. kind of inspir- uh, inspiring in a different way. Um, But then I kind of realized I was limiting myself in a way that I didn't need to. Like, because I went through that program, or I still currently am, I shouldn't fight it. I should let that be a part of who I am. Because it is. That's that's who I am at this point. Uh, A cool jazz cat. And like, yeah, even in the Brother Teresa band, I tried to like resist it and tried to write just like straight ahead rock mm-hmm. pop songs, but I realized that's what would make it different is if I just brought mm-hmm. the things to the table that maybe not a lot of other people would. And the more I listen to new music, it's kind of happening there though, like Mac DeMarco, like mm-hmm. all the seventh chords. Yeah. And like, I hear a lot of people getting more interested in those like denser harmonies and like just those different colors because they're so new mm-hmm. or like not as familiar to a lot of people. So I figured I'd roll with it and kind of blend the two worlds, really, if that answers your question. Absolutely. Cool. All right. We're good. That's a wrap. <laughs> <Thank
2: you. laughs> I'll play one more time.